What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? 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 You are listening to The Bounce As Always, folks. This is episode 42. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. How you doing, L'Oreal? I am doing fantastic today. We're going to be talking about NFL. Week four just ended. We're on the week five. We're going to be talking about baseball and the playoffs. And yep. I'm going to be talking about the Las Vegas Aces. All right. Here we, we are here, the month of October. It's Halloween month. Let's go get it. Spooky yes. season. Spooky. Spooky <laughs> sports season, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about football real quick. On Sunday night football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New England Patriots went against each other. It was the it was Sunday night's main event. I'm sure everybody was ready to see this. Tom Brady going against his former team. And his former coach, Bill Belichick. The Buccaneers beat the Patriots 19 to 17. It was a low scoring game. You know, some people thought it was going to be a blow up, but it was actually a close game. They actually won by a fail goal. And of course, later on at the end of the game, the Patriots had the chance to win, at least had the lead with 59 seconds left. Phil goal, yeah, was it, was it Nick Folk or Nick Foles? I believe, no, Nick Folk had the chance to kick that bad boy from the 56 yard and he missed he missed and tom brady and the buccaneers had the last had the last laugh so that's what happened tom brady i mean it wasn't your typical tom brady you know tom brady game but he had 269 yards 23 out of out of what was it out of 40 47 i believe I, i believe that's how many times he threw the ball and connected no touchdowns mac jones had 275 passing yards, two touchdowns, one inter- interceptions, threw the ball, 31 out of 40 passing attempts. Did the Buccaneers get lucky? They did get lucky. They did. Um, watching this game, I feel like the Bucs were going to lose this game because, and we just going to have to keep it real. This defense is choppy. It is choppy. And I think when you look at this defense now, I just want to highlight one person real quick. I think the Bucks getting Richard Sherman is a good pickup. I really oh, yeah. do. Because yeah, when you Sherman saw in that is, game, yeah. Richard Sherman, he recovered He recovered the fumble. And I think that was kind of like the turnaround in the game. Because at that point, I think the Patriots was already up. I mean, Mac Jones, he showed up in this game. He showed up. I mean, he, had, he gave Hunter Henry a touchdown. He gave other people a touchdown. He was very poised. He was very... He, he knew where he needed to be. He was ready to play. And, of course, why not? I mean, you're playing against Tom Brady, and he just left New England. So what better way to try to get this win against him than to play that way? So I definitely feel like the Bucs were lucky because I think the Patriots were a better team, but the Bucs, of course, with Tom Brady, they knew how to respond. Godwin had a great night. Evans had a good night. You know, Antonio, um, Antonio Brown, he didn't have a good night. And of course, the defense, yeah, they, defense, like I said, they was choppy. But I special. mean, like I, like I say all the time, Tom Brady knows a way to win. He figured it out. Now, I do think that Bill Belichick also have something to do with this. Now, I don't understand why they would do a field goal. I definitely feel like they should have just did that fourth down because I feel like Mac Jones would have been ready. And I feel like I definitely feel like they would have just took the fourth down. It would have resulted in them ultimately winning the game because that's all they had to do was just score and then they would have won the game 
but but either way though I do get the field goal decision and it didn't work but I do feel like he was strategic in this game because of course when Tom Brady is coming from Florida all the way to Boston Massachusetts area you're going to have to be prepared because Tom Brady can either you know not do good or he can do really good and I mean he could have did really good he could have blew out the Patriots and I'm kind of surprised he didn't, but I knew that the Patriots, specifically with Bill Belichick, they was going to be ready for this week. And even though it is a loss, and of course, you know, there's a lot of the games to be going on, I would say that Bucks defense is a little bit concerning. And I don't know if they're going to get it together like they did before last season, but they need to. Absolutely. The Buccaneers got lucky. Yes, sirree. And I'm going to tell you why. You look at this game. First of all, I was told that the Buccaneers were going to blow the Patriots out. I knew it. I knew it all along that Tom Brady was not going to go crazy. Listen, Tom Brady, I said this before I said this again. Patriots fans, they're going to be happy for him. But at the same time, they want to make sure that that man lose because he's not with the Patriots anymore, okay? You came to Foxborough once again. We wanted you to lose. As Patriots fans, I believe they wanted him to have a good game, good game, but also the Patriots win. Yes. And and I and you look at Tom Brady, you look at him, okay, did he have a great game? No. Did he have a mediocre no. game? No, he didn't have a mediocre game. It was like it was it was it was uh, it was all right. It was all right. You know what I'm saying? You come back, you know, till your former, you know, go get your former team. You was all right. You were all right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he did make history, by the way, you know, having the most passing yards. You're know, breaking Drew Brees' record for most passing yards, I believe, all time. Now, <clears throat> bring that back to the Patriots. The Patriots' defense was right there. They were yes. special. If I told you that the Patriots were going to make sure that they stopped them to just 19 points, they said, we're going to give you 19 points and that's it. You would say the defense did their part. They did what they're supposed to do. And especially when there was a couple of field goals. No, not a couple. There was a lot of field goals that the, that the Buccaneers had to make just so they could be up in this game. That's number one. Number two, I do feel as if that the Buccaneers, not the Buccaneers, the Patriots should have gone for it. For, you know, fourth down, I feel like they should have run that run that ball. They, they, they really knew how to pick and choose how to expose the Buccaneers' defense. But not only that, when I saw that Nick Folk was going for that 56-yard field goal, and it was it was kind of like you thought that it was going to happen. You thought it was going to go in. Then all of a sudden, it's going. It's going. Then all of a sudden, it, it, it hit the left, left side of the goal. You was like, only a freaking Tom Brady team you would do it against. I mean, what the heck is going on? Every single time. Tom Brady wins over something. I don't, oh my goodness. I'm going to say this right now. I, I don't know how Tom Brady finds a way to win. It's like, it's like in 2015, a Super Bowl, Patriots against the Seahawks. All the Seahawks have to do is give Marshawn Lynch the ball. The ball. And, then, and, then that, and then it's a touchdown. But no. Well, you know what? That's not even Tom Brady's fault. That's Pete Carroll's fault. He's uh, stubborn. At the period. end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, Tom Brady won. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, the Buccaneers go against the uh the Falcons in 2017. It's a tw- it's 23 to no 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl in the third quarter. 
All of a sudden, the Patriots come back. Oh, my God. The greatest comeback is in, in NFL history. Tom Brady right there. I was, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then even in 2019, the Patriots were going against the Chiefs, the upcoming Chiefs. They were right there. They were right there to stop the Patriots right there in a third down. It was a third or fourth down. All of a sudden, when Tom Brady, you saw that he was about to throw that, throw that interception, all of a sudden, the Chiefs defense, oh, flag on the play, offside. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? Why is it that Tom Brady is always getting these lucky pass? I don't, it's not about that he wins. It's how he wins. I don't know why all of a sudden he has to win this way. But I mean, one, one thing you can't deny, he did do his part. Good or bad, he did do his part. Uh, look, did he put the team in position to, to get kick a field goal? Yes. Okay, cool. I understand that. But it's just, there are just times you're looking like of the wins and the losses in the situation. Like, I, 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 every single time. <laughs> I mean, L'Oreal, you saw that. You saw how that field goal was going. It looked like it was going to go in, and then also it was the boom. Mm. I knew Patriots fans was wishing the uh, Justin Tucker thing would happen. Man, you, I'm sure the Patriots fans sure as hell did. Shoot, they was thinking like, please let this go in. I mean. I mean, listen, I, and I, listen, and Tom Brady, listen, I know they wish nothing but the best for Tom Brady, but the way how it ended, but we did saw Tom Brady and, and Bill Pelichick, you know, hugged at the end of the day. Look, I think at the end of the day, it's all love. I don't think there's any hate towards one another. I think it was all, it's going to be cool at the end of the day. But still at the end of the day, the fact that Tom Brady had the last laugh, it's like, so let's go ahead and move on. So the Arizona Cardinals, they are the only team to be undefeated in the NFL. Who would have known that they would have the best record in the NFL? Who would have known? I mean, hey, shout out to them boys. Kyler Murray, Hopkins, Watt. Anyway, they are 4-0 this season. That is the first time they are 4-0 since 2012. Do the Cardinals have the edge in the NFC West? Because they're in first place right now. So do they have the edge? Yes. I do. I really feel like the Cardinals have the edge and it's for a lot of reasons, a lot of good reasons. I mean, let's talk about Kyler Murray. This this brother is talented. He is throwing a 75% completion rate and that has improved from last season. So Kyler Murray, he's definitely throwing that football more accurately, more efficiently and really sharp. I've been looking at a lot of these games that the Cardinals have been playing. Kyler Murray he is playing really hard, and he is throwing that football. And you know what another interesting thing is about the Cardinals? So amongst their wide receivers, right, you have A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Guess who leads the team with receiving yards? It's actually A.J. Green. He leads the team with 248 receiving yards. Kirk has 244, and Hopkins is 225. You know, Hopkins has the most touchdowns. He has three touchdowns, but – just thinking of all of these guys, especially A.J. Green, because remember, A.J. Green was a problem in Cincinnati. But, of course, you know, due to their issues and stuff, things didn't work out too well for him. But it's really good to see him in the Cardinals playing this good because he have a great quarterback like Kyle Murley. 
So I think that the reason that the Cardinals are doing so well so far this season is that they're really working on playing like a team. I mean, you have this quarterback who knows how to run, number one, and number two, he knows how to throw the football. You are secure right there. And let's not forget, you know, they still have a good running game with Chase Edmonds. So the fact that you have Murray and Edmonds and you have Hopkins and Green and Kirk, I mean, the Cardinals look pretty loaded. And we know that defensively they may not be the best, even though they do have one of the best defensive players, J.J. White. I think the Cardinals are really working it with their offense, and I think that's what they really need to focus on. Just have that hot offense, have your weapons, be lock and loaded, and I think the Cardinals are fine because when the Cardinals score the way they score, when they perform the way they perform, they can be one of the best teams in the league. And I would not be surprised if they can keep this going or if they can manage to win the division because they definitely are talented. I want to give credit to the Cardinals. They've done what most people thought that they couldn't have done so far. They're 4-0. I mean, look, I'm the one that said that J.J. Watt, he was not wise enough to join this team. I mean, to, to actually, he was not wise enough to join this team and expect to even compete for a title. I thought, listen, I said to myself, they were going to be the fourth best team in an NFC West. I didn't think they were going to be that good. I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs since God knows when. Like, two, like when was the last time they've been to the playoffs? Like 2015 or 16, I believe. I mean, it's been a minute. Yeah, but, I believe Carson Palmer was quarterback at that time. Right, exactly. But let me just say this right now. They have the edge for now. For now. And here's the reason why. Because, listen, they have been playing well. Their offense, they have one of the best offenses in, in the league right now. They've been playing very well. Their defense has been legit. They've done what they have to do. They beat the teams. They make sure that they ran through the L.A. Rams. They did a terrific yes. job against the Rams last, last weekend, which I told you about the Rams, by the way. You know what I'm saying? About Matthew Stafford. It's but, just one game. Hey, it's hey, just hey, one hey, game. Hey, Relax. Hey, 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 Relax. Hey, hey, I'm going to give more credit to Kyler Murray because he showed up and he did outperform that. Right. He had two touch, He had two touchdowns, you know, that but it's just game. one game. Relax. He did his thing. I listen, I get it. I get it. Listen, they did what they supposed to do. Do you know the last time they were 4-0? 2012. Yes. What happened that same season when they were 4-0? Ooh, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> I really don't. They didn't make it to the playoffs. Guess what, their true, record, yes. guess what their record record was at the end? Hmm. Nine and seven? No. They were five and 12. No, five and 11. Oh, Lord. Five and 11. They. Uh, I four, mean, with this. Four and oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Four and oh. Four and oh. And then the next, because it was a 16 game season, because I had to remember myself. This is 16 games, not seven. This is 17 games, not 16 games. I had to remember that. They went from four and oh in the first four games to one and 11 like how you do that you know the next 12 games you go one and 11 how you do that in 2012 how you Colin do that Murray's not gonna let that happen there's I, no way I, they it's went no five way. and 11 i just want to let you know in 2012 they went five and 11 this season do i th- listen do i think they're gonna go five and 11 i hope not i hope not i hope it's, not it's not gonna happen they were they were, they were eight and eight last season here's what i would say they've been playing good football but at the same time, I want to see how this team is going to look like by the end of this 17-game season, okay? Because, look, I'm like I said, I'm not predicting that in the next 
13 games, they're going to go one and 12 or one or two and two and 11. But I don't know if I can say they are the best team in the NFC West by the end of the season. I don't know. Are they going to be better than the Rams after this season? I don't know. Are they going to be better than Seahawks? And look, there's two, the Seahawks are two and two right now. They will yeah. be coming. And then the 49ers, look, regardless of what's going on, they are tough. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if Kyler Murray is what he's made of at the end of the day. Can he lead this team to, to the playoffs? Cause he got a good team. You're right. Kurt Hawkins, AJ green. They got a good running back and Connor, but they got a good defense. Look, no excuses. No excuses now whatsoever. So I'm intrigued to see what does happen, but they have the edge for now in their own division, but we're going to see if they will be the best team at the, at the end of the day. So let's talk about the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo left the game against the Seahawks. He had an injury going on due to, a, I believe it was a calf injury. Yes. Yes. Calf, calf injury. Despite the loss, it was, they only lost, it was 28 to, to, to 21. It was a seven point game loss right there. Despite the loss, Trey Lance ended the game with two touchdowns. And obviously, as we know, Trey Lance is their future. However, we don't know when, when Jimmy Garoppolo will come back. There's, there's a chance that he could come back next Sunday. We don't know. It prob- it's probably going to happen, but we'll see what happens. However, let's say that he doesn't come back anytime soon. Can Trey Lance keep the moment for the San Francisco 49ers without Jimmy G? Absolutely. And I think the main reason, like I said in the very beginning, when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan was going to experiment with him. Kyle Shanahan was going to allow him to emerge into the system along with Garoppolo so he can understand what's going on. Because, I mean, even though they lost from 28 to 1, like you pointed out, that is such a small margin of loss. And why? Because Trey Lance knew what he was doing. I mean, you've seen that touchdown where he threw it to Debo Samuel. That was special. That was a very special moment. And not only that, Trey Lance can also run the football. And I'm not saying that Trey Lance is similar to a Colin Kaepernick, but we might see Kyle Shanahan probably using him later in the future like that. Because remember, Colin Kaepernick, he was an amazing passer and he was an amazing runner. He could run pretty well. So I feel like Trey Lance is definitely going to be the future for the 49ers. And I don't feel like the 49ers should panic. Now, I feel really bad for Garoppolo because once again, he's having the same, same, same calf injury. I mean, he had that calf injury, I believe, last season because the fact that the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl that one season, you knew they was going to do it probably the next season because they had the great defense and they had Garoppolo, who was proven to be a really good quarterback. So it sucks that he's having that cap injury, but I definitely feel like for him and for Shanahan and for the whole team, they're in good hands because the fact that Trey Lance has been able to learn the playbooks, learn how the offense works, learn how rhythm goes, he knows what to do. So unless he goes against an opponent that's just really tough on him because he's a rookie quarterback and that defense is going to be on him like we've seen against these other rookie quarterbacks, I I feel like Trey Lance is going to be just fine. I think that he's going to be poised. He's going to be ready for these games. And the 49ers, as far as I'm concerned, they still have a chance to win the division. So as long as they continue to work with Trey Lance and hopefully Garoppolo can come back because Garoppolo is a great quarterback when healthy, the 49ers are going to be just fine. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if I'm ready to say that he could keep the moment for the 49ers. And here's the reason why. Yes, he is their their future. He is their he is their future franchise quarterback. He is he is a rookie. And that's the problem. He is a rookie. I don't know. Look, the offense, the offense is not bad. The offense is not bad, and their defense is not bad either. I just don't know if Trey Trey Lance is ready for it right now. Jimmy G, listen, people can say all they want about Jimmy G, but when he plays, they are a winning football team. When he's not there, they are a losing football team. And that's not saying that's not saying that Trey Lance cannot eventually help them out and eventually turn the way how they turn out to be. And I mean, I I heard what you say. You were trying to compare him to Kyle Kaepernick now. So are you saying that Jimmy G is like Alex Smith? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not like for real. Like when I made that comparison, okay. When I when I pretty much saw Trey Lance highlights when he was playing with um, North Dakota State, I mean, he was running the football. And you saw that one preseason game. He's a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he's a mobile quarterback. And just looking back at when Colin Kaepernick would be for the 49ers, he was kind of like a jack of all trades. Like he had a great arm and he could run. And I just feel like maybe with some more development, Trey Lance can eventually get like that. I don't think that would happen this season, but just seeing how talented he is and knowing how Kyle Shanahan caters to his quarterbacks, I would not be surprised if that would happen. I wouldn't. I okay, all right. I, I get you saying. I just don't know if a rookie is gonna be ready for them to just say, you know what? Yeah. Hey, Jimmy G, <laughs> listen, he's hurt. Like I said, I'm just saying if he doesn't, let's say that he's not gonna play for a couple of weeks. I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna say that it's gonna happen, but let's say it is. I don't know if a rookie quarterback is gonna be able to compete against Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks, Kyler Murray, and the Arizona Cardinals. And then Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams. You gotta understand this. You gotta understand. It's not about your your competing against quarterbacks. It's about your competing against their defense. And because mm-hmm. the NFC West is the toughest division in the NFL, I don't know if if a rookie quarterback can handle it right now. All right. Now I'm I predicted that the that the 49ers were gonna win the division, and I predicted that they were going to go to the playoffs. All right. Well, obviously, if you win the division, you're going to the playoffs. So that 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 solves everything. But I don't know if I can see Trey Lance do it. Not not his first year. No, I can't see that. If you say his sophomore year or his third year, junior year, fine. But I don't know as of right now because it's it's, it's going to be very difficult. Guess who they face next week? They face against the Cardinals. Yeah. Yes. That's another... going to be interesting because I yes. mean. Trey Lance against Kyler Murray and those two defenses. But I am also optimistic that Garoppolo's injury is not going to be too severe because when you saw it, it wasn't like he tore it or anything. No. He just might have had no. a mild sprain or something. So hopefully if he's out, maybe one to two weeks minimum, that'll be fine. But I do think that the route that Shanahan is going is a perfect route because they pretty much, you know, the 49ers organization – they knew what they was doing when they picked Trey Lance because they could have picked anybody else besides a quarterback. And I feel like they were going to pick a quarterback because, of course, they had, I believe, the second draft pick. But to pick Trey Lance and how he is, I think that's very smart on their part because they have a feeling that Garoppolo might not be healthy maybe for a couple seasons. So if you want to keep that momentum going, especially in a very tough division, and they have the capability of doing that, 
then you train Trey Lance the way you train him. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Listen, I, is he going to be good in the future? Sure, fine. But I have to see it to believe it because Trey Lance, to me, as good of a quarterback as he is, I just think, I just think that you need Jimmy G right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is a very decent quarterback, and he actually puts everything together. He, it's like you can't let the centerpiece just go. You let the centerpiece go, everything falls. And and listen, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I understand that. But right now, they need Jimmy G to come right back and help them out. Trey Lance, I don't blame the 49ers for drafting him. I don't blame them because, you know, you want to be, you want to make sure you're drafting your future, you know what I'm saying? So let's talk about Monday night football. So the LA chargers went against the Las Vegas Raiders. I was about to say the Oakland Raiders, but it's not the Las Vegas Raiders. The chargers landed the Raiders first L of the season. They are now tied with the Raiders first place in the AFC West. Justin Herbert, he had, 222 passing yards and had three touchdowns. They are now three and one this season. Is it now time to take the LA Chargers seriously? Absolutely. And I'm just going to say it right now. Justin Herbert is special. And the way that he's been performing, I'm going to put him there right now as far as my MVP discussion. He he has been playing for MVP. Yes. MVP. Yes. You are you are you saying that you have him as MVP? You have him like no, no, no. I'm putting him in my conversation, my MVP okay. conversation. I'm still sticking with my pick, Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's still doing good. Thank you very much. Man, but anyway, but Justin Herbert, Herbert he yes, Justin Herbert, I really like this kid. I really do. It's just watching them play football and him connecting with the receivers and him passing the football I mean it's beautiful it's beautiful and even though I knew that the Chargers were going to be okay because of how well he did I believe in the second half of last season they're off to a really great start they are and I think it starts with him he just knows what to do as a leader like seeing the Charger playing they look really they look really well like with with chemistry wise and it has to be because of Herbert because it seems like he has gotten you know, that respect and that appreciation for the locker room. And when you see him play and how he's performing against these teams, he's doing a great job. I mean, that game against the Raiders, he knew the assignment. He knew where to throw the football. He knew what to do. He knew where to go. Um, One of the games that I was really impressed with was the Chiefs. When it was his time to outperform Patrick Mahomes, he outperformed him. He did it in a great way. And I mean, the Chargers have some weapons. They have a good running back, Austin Eckler. We got to talk about Mike Williams because right now, among receivers, he is tied for second in touchdowns, and that's pretty good. And that has to be a good reason why, because Williams and Herbert's been connecting really well. So when you look at this Chargers team and when you look at Herbert really taking the reins, I mean, the Chargers can go pretty far. I still have them as a playoff team. Do I think they'll win their division? I don't think so. I still have the Chiefs winning. They just need to get that defense together and everything will be fine. But I'm going to say the Chargers are coming. I really like them. I would say that the Chargers have been the most surprising team in the AOC. I would admit, I did not expect this team to be this good for now. They are 3-1 and 
And they, I will probably say this, they will make it to the playoffs. I, I'm ready to call it right now. The LA Chargers will go to the playoffs. I'm 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 willing to say that right smart now. Smart man, smart man. Uh, oh, okay, stop man. stop it. Okay. <laughs> However, they are not the best team in the AFC West. I will say that right now. They are not the best team in the, in the AFC West because we all know who the best team is in the in the in the division, right? Say it. Who who's the best team in there in the West? The Chiefs, but they gotta get it together. Hey, wait. They should not be. They should not two be and last. Two. They're two and they, two right now. They realistically should not be last. Let's just keep it. We real. understand. We understand. They are two and two right now. All right. They're two and two. And look, by the end of the season, they will be in first place. They will be better than the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Guarantee it right now. The Chargers. I will probably say they would be I, okay. I'll give them. They'll probably be the second best team, maybe the second best team in the AFC West. But they would not be number one. That's all. That's all I got to say. Justin Herbert, he's a very good quarterback. I will give you that right now. He's definitely doing a good job for this team. He's definitely taking them to the right path. You definitely saw potential once he got hit, time to shine as a starting quarterback last season, and especially as a rookie quarterback. He's definitely doing a very good job. I mean, I, I would probably say you got to give him props for that for sure. The fact that this man had three touchdowns on Monday Night Football, outplaying Derek Carr, even beating the what would they beat? They also beat the Chargers as well, Pat Mahomes. But very they, impressive. But they did lose to the Cowboys, by the way. So, mm, let's talk about that. But anyway, but Chargers, also too, shout out to the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. He's doing very well, and I'm happy. Yeah, but, but they're happy. Yeah, but they in NFC East. So that's not saying much. But anyway, like I said, <laughs> but right now the Chargers, listen, give them credit. Give the Chargers credit. They need to go back to San Diego, by the way. I'm just going to be real about that. And I just want to say one last thing. I feel like a lot of people owe Justin Herbert an apology because remember, no, For you what? remember Jabari. What you was the problem? He was drafted. There were so many questions about him like, oh, he's not ready. He's not this. And he's not that. But guess what? Even though I knew Justin Jefferson was going to win rookie of the year that year, Justin Herbert, he played his butt off. He played his butt off. I believe the Chargers got into the playoffs, did they? Or close to it? What, the Chargers? No, they missed the playoffs last season. Okay, but they was pretty close to it. Are you serious? <laughs> they was close. They was close. Oh, my God. They was they were close. They, were, they wasn't really that close. All I'm saying is Justin Herbert – He's proven that he's the real deal. Okay, listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, that you are a believer of you are, you are a big believer of Justin Herbert. Like I said, but I'm gonna have to see a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, you make it seem like you make you're it seem like oh, Josh Allen over again. I mean, I mean, I, I don't feel the same. I don't. I mean, Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't feel the same. I mean, I've seen Justin Herbert play. I mean, yeah, I've seen him play. I don't. I don't have the same feelings I do with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is just a, it's, that's a different person I'm talking about. But Justin Herbert, I mean, you make it seem like that he's going to be the greatest Charger ever. Like, <laughs> why are you talking? No, no, but that kid is talented. I, I bet. And listen, I'm not, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. He like, he's a decent, like I say, he's a decent quarterback. But like I said, we're going to see how, what happens by the end of the season. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to get started with Jabari's batter up. Major League Baseball Review, it will be about the 2021 MLB postseason. So let's get started right now because you know why? Because I'm about to make you famous. 
All right, here we go. So the regular season is over, folks. It's over. It ended on October 3rd on a Sunday. Unfortunately, you know, it had to go come to an end. But guess what? It's time for the fall classic, folks. It's time for the MLB postseason. So let's get started right now. So the team who has the best record in the American League, you got the Tampa Bay Rays. They are uh, 162. That's the record. That is the franchise best record in franchise history. Shout out to the Rays. I think a lot of people will say that the Rays are surprising. The fact that not the fact that they they are that that they're good, but I think a lot of people are surprised that they have won not only won 100 games but still decent after trading trading away Blake Snell. But that's here there to say. Now, go with other teams. You have the Chicago White Sox, who have the best record in their in the AL Central Central Division, and they will go against the Houston Astros, who has the best record in the AL West Division. They will go against each other. I'll make my predictions a little bit later for who, who will win in the division series a little bit later, or probably not, but we'll see what happens. But tonight, tonight right here, we have the American League wild card game against the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees in Fenway Park. And obviously the Red Sox have a better head-to-head record against the Yankees, so they will have home field advantage. For our starting pitchers, we will have Jared Cole, for the New York Yankees and for the Boston Red Sox, the starting pitcher will be Nathan Ayo Valdez. Now, that's going to be very interesting to see what does happen. This is a do or die. This is a winner take all. The last time the Red Sox and the Yankees faced each other in a winner take all situation was in 2004 American League Championship Series. And that was a game seven. And we all know what happened in 2004 when the Red Sox came back from a 0-3 deficit. That was the first and only team to do that in Major League Baseball history, especially in the playoffs. That right there, we all know what happened there. And and I know the Yankee fans don't want to remember that because that, that situation in 2004 was definitely something. But those are the teams that will face each other in the AL wild card. In my opinion, I'm going to go with the Red Sox to win this game because I just think that the Red Sox, you know, Fenway Park is a, Fenway Park is, is a tough place to win. And even though it's a rivalry, and I believe that the Yankees have everything that it takes with Aaron Judge, with Stanton, you got Jericho, who will be a starting pitcher. The issue that I have is that would they have enough hitting to beat the Red Sox? The Red Sox are coming. They're coming. They are there. Even though they're up and down. I mean, both teams are really up and down when you think about it. I don't know if this kid is going to come through in the clutch. I don't know if this team has what it takes. Now, if they do, shout out to them. And Chapman will, will be something special for them to close it at the end of the day for the Yankees. But overall, I think the Red Sox have the better the, the better pitching and the better offense to get the job done than the Yankees. So, unfortunately, I got the Red Sox going against the Rays in the ALDS. So, let's go with the National League. So now you have the San Francisco Giants, who have the best record in the in the National League. They are 107 and 55. That is the, the best record in franchise history. The Giants, I'm just gonna call it right now. They are the most surprising team in Major League Baseball this season. I don't think anybody expects the Giants to be where they are right now, to even be in first place. To even have the best record in the NL West Division, where we're talking about the Dodgers, when we talk about the Padres, I believe a lot of people thought that the that they were going to come out in the National League West Division. However, it was the Giants, so shout out to them. For for the others, you got the you got the Milwaukee Brewers, 
who are your nationally central division winners. You have the Atlanta Braves, who are your nationally East division winners. They will go against each other. The Brewers versus the Braves. That's going to be one hell of a battle right there. But let's talk about the nationally wildcard game. You have the defending champs, Los Angeles Dodgers versus the St. Louis Cardinals. That's going to happen on Wednesday night, by the way. So we'll see what happens there. If I have to say who's going to win, I'm, I got to say the Dodgers. I mean, the Cardinals, they've been one of the hottest teams since since the beginning of September. They are dangerous right now. And, and obviously, they will be on the road. The Cardinals are, I can see the Cardinals upset the Dodgers, but I think the Dodgers, they are the second best team in the National League right now. The Dodgers, like with Mookie Betts, you know, Max Sergio would be a starting pitcher for the LA Dodgers. And for the Cardinals, you their starting pitcher would be Adam Wainwright. But I'm just going to say this right now. Dodgers, Max Serger will come through. He is, he is, he is one of the best pitchers, to be honest with you. Mookie Betts. You got Cody Bellinger. You have a lot of other players over there, and I and I don't I don't think El Pujol is really gonna play. He's really gonna just gonna be a utility player if you want to be honest with you. But all that being said, the Dodgers will win this game. I don't think it's gonna be a close game against the Cardinals. I believe it's gonna be a blowout. You know, about a four, five, six run game to be honest with you. So I have the Dodgers go against the rival, San Francisco San Francisco Giants. So if I have to say who I think is gonna go to the World Series, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros versus the San Francisco Giants. I think that's going to be a very interesting uh, series, the World Series, by the way. And at the end, I might say the Houston Astros. You know what? I'm going. I'm going with the Houston Astros. I know it's going to be. I know it's it's going to be a surprise right there. But the Astros, I think they got it. Dusty Baker, one of the best managers in the game. He's actually the first manager to be on five different teams where they have won their division. So shout out to Dusty Baker. I think Dusty Baker has got this team still rolling. But but like I said, the the that offense is too good. And overall, I just think that the Astros have everything it takes to win another championship. So it'll be it'll be their third time being the World Series in the last five years. But it will be their second championship since yeah, it would be their it will be their second championship in the last five years. So I have the Astros beating the Giants in six or seven in this World Series. So yeah, for the fall classic. And that was your Jabari's better review. But I want to say that before I end this right now, the San Diego Padres, you guys are the most disappointing team. In, in this season, all right? This season, you guys have been very disappointing. I mean, what, what is this? 79 and 83, you are my pick to come out the National League. You are my pick to go to the World Series, and it did not happen. I'm very disappointed, you guys, right now. Get it together. You guys fired the, the manager. Yeah, that manager had to go anyway. I'm, I'm sorry, but Fernando Tatis, Blake Snell, Yu Doris, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, I'm sorry. There's no reason why the Padres should be should be this bad right now. 79-83, losing record, not even in the playoffs. You guys are like the 2012 Los Angeles Angels. Seriously. Get it together, folks. That's it for your Jabari's Better Up review. All right. I am very intrigued about that Boston and Yankees game because I know the Yankees have been flip-floppy as of late, so I'm very interested to see how that's going to go because I know that's going to be a good one. And 
I am intrigued that you bit the Astros. I am. You know, I mean, the way that the Giants have coming up and all these teams coming up, I was very intrigued why you bit the Astros. But, I mean, the Astros have always been one of those best baseball teams. And like you said, shout out to their manager. He's done a great job of this, you know, putting this team back together. So if we get that World Series, it will be a good one. Yeah, I mean, the Giants still have a chance. I mean, obviously, Brandon Belt, you know, as of right now, like he's hurt. So, I mean, he 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 can eventually come back later in this postseason. But I don't know. I just think that the Astros offense, you know, I just think that, you know, with Jose Atuve, Carlos, Justin Verlander is still a, is still a decent starting pitcher. You still have other players over there. I just think that the Astros are just good enough to take it this year. Even though, even though, you know, they were right there to get to the World Series again last season in the, you know, in the bubble, you know, in the in, in the baseball's bubble, you know, during the pandemic. But at the same time, I think that this is definitely the year that they would take over. And, and especially they'll have home field advantage as well. So that's that's something to keep in mind. So let's talk about the NBA. So Andrew Wiggins finally got vaccinated. And I know that he talked about why he got vaccinated and spoke about that he didn't have a lot of options. It was either I don't get vaccinated and I don't play or I get vaccinated so I can play in San Francisco. As we do know that San Francisco and New York City are requiring people who do work in those cities to get vaccinated, by the way. So it's not an NBA thing. It's really a city thing when you think about it. And especially with Kyrie Irving, he has yet to take the vaccine. We don't. We, we still don't know if he's going to send a request for a medical or relig- religious exemption. We don't know when he's going to come he's going to play or if he's going to get vaccinated or not. But with that being said right now, I just want to bring back to the whole thing about, about players who have not been vaccinated in San Francisco or Brooklyn. What do you make as far as Andrew Wiggins finally getting vaccinated and what, what do you think about this, L'Oreal, about, you know, Andrew Wiggins' reasons on on why he took the vaccine? I mean, it's pretty clear. He was either going to sit and not only forfeit your money, probably, but forfeit your team's chances of trying to compete for a championship, which we know that he do that, or he was going to shut up. Well, not shut up, but get the vaccine and play. And guess what he did? He did just that. So I'm not surprised. Everybody knew he was going to do that. And I mean, if he really felt strongly about the vaccine, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just, like I said, I'm at the point where your opinion is your opinion because people don't want to listen to anybody when it comes to the vaccine at this point, even from what I believe, trusted doctors. But anyway, if Wiggins want to believe what he want to believe, that's fine. But we knew he was going to get the vaccine because there was no way that he was going to risk himself and his team not having him there. Because like you said, Jabari, he's like their second best player on that team. He scores, I believe, the second most points besides Curry. So if you don't have Wiggins, you pretty much don't have nothing besides just but just Curry. Yeah. And we know that the Warriors with Clay Thompson coming back, even though he won't be coming back to about January, yeah. the Warriors still want to be a competing team. So, of course, he couldn't risk that. But as far as Kyrie goes, I'm not sure what's going on because, I mean, the fact that he might be willing to forfeit 41 home games, like, that's that's half of the season. I don't think he's going to do that. And that's the thing. I don't think he's going to do that. And we know that. We know how Kyrie is. Kyrie, he likes to play his little games every now and then. Then he just shows up and play basketball. I mean, at this point, we just going to have to get used to it. Is it ridiculous? Yes, sometimes it is very ridiculous. 
but that's just what it is. And I just hope that he can play. He can be healthy because I'm telling you, if, if he didn't have that injury last season against the Bucks in that series, the Nets would have won that series, period. They would have won that series if you had Kyrie in a KD, even if you didn't have a completely healthy James Harden. So hopefully he'll be able to play. But as far as his vaccine goes, if you're willing to sit, you're willing to sit. You know, if you just believe what you want to believe and you want to stick to that, then stick to that. But just know you're going to lose some money and you're going to cost a lot of good things for your team. I think that with Andrew Wiggins, his reasons on why he took the vaccine, look, I mean, look, you ain't have to take the vaccine. I mean, look, you a millionaire. Look, if, if you look at Andrew, if you look at Andrew Wiggins' net worth, it is $35 million. I mean, he don't really need the money. I mean, he he could have he could have said, you know, I'm gonna retire and then I'm about to leave. That's it. That would have been fine. That's it. He didn't need to go back and play. He didn't need to, but he did it anyway just because he wanted to. Probably his family said, just go ahead and get the vaccine and let it be. Let's just stop with the nonsense about some of the things he said. I mean, I can't believe he said, like, oh, I hope that I don't get cancer. Like, oh, like, come on, bro. Okay. Have you already done your research? Some of the things that Wiggins was saying about, oh, you know, I mean, I was kind of, I didn't know what was going to be in the vaccine. It's one thing to be curious about it, but at the same time, don't make these stupid comments saying that, oh, I, I hope I don't get cancer. Come on, man. Like, for real. Like, that, that that's was just very, that was very ignorant. Yeah, I'm just, I don't, I'm like, I'm thinking myself, like, he, he was better off not talking about his reasons about the whole thing. He just left it off, like, I didn't have much choices. That's all you got to say. Now, a whole thing about forcing, the NBA didn't force you. No, you made a decision, either do it or not. You are a millionaire. You, you're creating generational wealth for your family. What's the problem? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't get the fact that the NBA didn't force you. You made a decision, plain and simple. Like, come on now. Chill with that. I want to talk about Kyrie real quick. It's questionable. We don't know what, what's going on with Kyrie Irving. We really don't know. And I'm just going to say this right now because obviously he can't play any preseason games. Kyrie Irving, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I know that, you know, that Shaq brought, brought about what he would do. But I will say this. I mean, I, I meant what I said about the whole thing. If if Kyrie Irving does not get the vaccine eventually, then eventually you do have to trade him. And I still mean by that. I don't think Kyrie will go to this level where he will cause a scene because, because the last thing that Brooklyn needs is a scene to be made. The last thing that he needs and Brooklyn needs is drama. And I, I just don't know if Kyrie wants to make sure that he put his team in that situation. Kyrie Irving is one of the best players in the game. He's one, he, he is, I, I'm going to say this right now. He's the most skilled point guard ever. There is no, none, no point guard that has more skills than him. He has the best handles in NBA history, most skilled point guard ever. With that being said, Kyrie Irving, you got to get the vaccine. Now, if you could get the medical or the religious exemption, that's fine. That's cool. But if you can't get the vaccine, let it be known, man. Plain and simple. And I heard about your part about when you talk about Brooklyn versus Milwaukee last season. I'll be honest with you. I don't believe that Kyrie Irving would have been would have been enough for them to win last season. And here's the reason why, healthy or not. The Brooklyn Nets were already losing by the time that Kyrie Irving suffered an ankle injury. And that was unfortunate, you know, obviously because somebody was, someone's foot was actually under him when he was actually shooting the ball. However, I believe that Milwaukee Bucks were actually going to come back from an 0-2 deficit and find a way how to win four out of the last five games just because I just feel like the Bucs were just on a tear. They were on a roll. They were, they were going to win at least three games 
at home. They just need to win one road game. And also, I think another thing, too, is that Brooklyn didn't have enough scores. I think that the Nets cut down the rotation later on the series because the Bucs were finally exposing their defense. And when you went from a eight, like an eight, nine rotation to a, from a six man rotation, that becomes an issue. And that means that you're not really trusting a lot of guys and you need people who can get buckets. And Brooklyn didn't have, didn't have a lot of people who can get buckets. And even with Kyrie, the fact that you were limited to the amount of scores you had, that was a problem. So I don't, like I said, I thought Milwaukee was better defensively. I thought that Milwaukee would have found a way last season, and especially that Brooklyn team who didn't have a lot of games under their belt with the big three, and that was Harden, KD, and Kyrie. So last season, I would say no. I just don't think they had enough experience, you know, together to beat that Milwaukee Bucks team. So no. But before we go on to another topic, I want to speak about Pal Gasol, obviously Pal Gasol retired, by the way, a former Laker. He was also with the Memphis Grizzlies, the Chicago Bulls, the San Antonio Spurs, and also with the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way. He's a two-time champion, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, two times the second team, two times in third team. He actually won rookie, rookie of the year, by the way. And he will eventually get his jersey retired from the LA Lakers. Kobe even said it that he needs to get his jersey retired. The late Kobe Bryant once said that he's going to get his jersey retired because without Pagasol, they don't win those championships in LA. Should the LA Lakers get Pagasol's jersey retired? Absolutely, without a doubt. Pagasol was one of the great Lakers during his time. He was one of the best defensive players that we've seen. I mean, when you look at the Lakers, specifically when Kobe was there, the one thing that you can really notice with his team is that he always had a solid defensive player. Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Oda. He has had within his championship teams solid defensive players. And Pau Gasol has been one of them. And I believe Pau Gasol has been one of the best defensive players that Kobe's had in Lakers Defense, had. though? Like defensive players. The, you said, if, yeah, but defensive players, though. I, I don't know anybody could were. Listen, as good of a player Gasol was, and Shaq, I don't know if anybody would say they were they were known more for their defense. But, but yeah, but go ahead what you're going to say. Well, if anything, Pau Gasol was definitely one of the best centers in, in Lakers history, for sure. I mean, he was special. He was very special. And I he think, was more of a power forward. Yeah. Because Bottom played five. He was very special indeed. And I feel like it'll be crazy for the Lakers to not retire his jersey. I mean, he has been a great part of this Lakers organization, just like any other player has. And I think that he was one of the best players during during his time, for sure. Pagasol was one of the best players in the NBA. I would give you that. He was one, I would say Pagasol was a was a definitely a great player. I, we can talk about what he did internationally. I mean, it, it, what he did in Europe says says it all by himself. I mean, that that right there alone would make him a Hall of Famer. But I would say this about Pau Gasol as far as getting his jersey, jersey retired in L.A. When you talk about getting your jersey retired, you're in the same class when we talk about Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, James Worthy. We're talking about Magic Johnson. Jerry West. Now, 
I don't think anybody looks at Pelgo Sauce and says he's in the same class with those guys. Now, I will say this. When it comes, when it comes to which classes is Pelgo Sauce in as a Laker, he's in the same class with Jamal Wilkes. Now, that's not bad. Jamal Wilkes was a Hall of Famer. Great play for the Lakers. Won multiple championships, by the way. But let's be real. Pelgo Sauce, that's probably where he's at. Great player one of the greatest international players of all time. And as far as getting his jersey retired, I would say it's fair. He, he, he definitely should. I mean, he was definitely great. I do agree. Kobe would not have those two championships if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Pal Gasol. I mean, yeah. Gasol and, Kel- and Kobe needed each other, you know, at the end of the day. But what Pal Gasol meant to the L.A., I mean, it was a lie. I, I even said one time back in 2010, I thought that he should have won finals MVP. Mm-hmm. I thought that in 2010, he should have won finals MVP over Kobe because I thought that what he did in the finals against the Celtics was something that I thought that without him, I don't believe they beat the Boston Celtics. And remember, in 2008, Pal Gasol was considered soft. You know, a lot of people, yes. a lot of people were a saying. A lot of people disrespected yeah. him. Right. Kevin Garnett punked him out. And then Pelgasol got back, you know, and I think that Pelgasol, he definitely should be appreciated and he's going to get his jersey retired for sure. He will be the next player to get his jersey retired. And, and, and just, just let it be known. I know people might say, well, what about Derek Fisher? What about Robert Ori? Those are role players. All right. Those are role players. Stop it right there. Role players. Pelgasol was not a role player. He was an all-star. So he's multiple time. Yes. He, so he's definitely going to get his jersey retired, number 16, and he's a Hall of Famer. So that's without question. All right, folks, before we leave, we're going to go with L'Oreal's take. She will talk about the Las Vegas Aces. Are they in trouble? Well, she's going to talk about that. It is about the WNBA playoffs, and we are about to get that going. So L'Oreal, talk about those Aces. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about these aces. I appreciate you guys listening to the WNBA previews and all the analysis I've been giving out the past couple months. And it's time. It's time to talk about the Las Vegas Aces. You know how much I love this team. This team is talented. They have some of the great defensive players, Adrian Wilson, Liz Cambage. They have shooters. They have facilitators. They pretty much are one of the best WNBA teams in the league for a reason. They also have a great coach of Bill Lambier. But after seeing them play against the Mercury in game three of the playoffs, it's time to talk about them. And this is a serious talk. This is not a joking matter. And the Aces, they're going to have to do something before they get into some trouble. So let's start out with the playoffs. So we know that they're going against the Phoenix Mercury with Brittany Grinder, Diane Taurasi, and Skylar Diggins-Smith. And this is game three right now in the semifinals. And let's just recap the series a little bit. So the Aces, they won the first game, but it was pretty close. I believe 96 to 90. And then the last two games, things started going downhill. So game two, I mean, I don't even need to explain it further. Diane Taurasi, she went crazy. She exploded for, I believe, 37 points and pretty much routed the Aces all by herself. So that was game two. And then game three. Let's talk about game three. So if you were seeing the same thing I was seeing, 
the Mercury pretty much ran through the Aces pretty badly in Phoenix. I mean, in the first quarter, they had a 12-0 run. They were just unstoppable. Brittany Griner was getting her shots. Skylar Diggins-Smith, even though she, I believe she only scored about five points in that game, she had nine assists, so she was definitely facilitating the ball. Phoenix was just looking like a more points team. And what's so disappointing about this loss was, number one, the Aces loss, I believe, was 20-plus points. They lost 80-67, to 67, which is pretty bad, number one. But number two, the Aces just did not look like the team that we all know they're supposed to be. I mean, the fact that Adrian Wilson had 12, Adrian Wilson in game three had eight points and was two of 14, two of 14. For somebody who was the MVP last season and can average 20 points and 10 rebounds in her sleep, this is very disappointing. Now we have to give credit to the Mercury because of course with Brittany Griner and the players that can play defense, I mean, they was all over Adrian Wilson. They was locking her up. But Asia, you gotta do better. This is not you. You are one of the best defensive players in this league for a reason. And for you to have this performance in the semifinals, considering that even though you guys had injuries and all, y'all made it to the finals last season, you got to do better. You got to elevate now. There's no reason for her or anybody else to be going back. And let's talk about that game in general. I mean, it was really bad. Only two people scored over 10 points. That was Lynn Cambage, who scored 13, and De'Erica Handy, who scored 10 points off the bench. I mean, there were just no contributions from nobody. And like I said, when you have Wilson, when you have Cambage, you have Chelsea Gray, you have Kelsey Plum, who just came back from an ACL injury and won the six woman of the year because she's averaging about 15 points off the bench. The Aces, you need to do better. You need to do better. And like I said, the fact that what you did last season, there's no reason to be like this. But I do think there's a couple reasons why maybe they might be in this position. Because when you think about it, even though they made it to the finals last season, they got swept up against the Storm. I mean, the Storm, they just outplayed them on so many levels. Defense, shooting, you know, the pace of the game. They pretty much outplayed them. And even though the Aces were the best team in the league during that time, to be swept in the finals like that, there is a cause of the concern. Another cause of this concern, which I believe might be the biggest reasons why the Aces are just so unbalanced right now, Angel McCautry. I mean, when the Aces got Angel McCautry last season, especially when they were trying to do their playoff run, they got to the finals, I believe, because of her. Because Angel McCautry, she is one of the best facilitators I've seen in the WNBA. I mean, she can facilitate that basketball. She can play well on the point or as a forward. And I think when you had McCautry, you had Angel Wilson. Angel Wilson was, you know, she was willing to defer and she did her role. And everything just was so more balanced. But the fact that you don't have McCautry, or let alone you don't have a facilitator, that's why the Aces are getting blown out by the Mercury. That's why the Aces are in the position where they're in, because they play against the Mercury in game four, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. If they lose that game, it's a problem. Because you have to understand that they are the number one seed in the West in their conference. They're 24 and 8. Now, they did struggle a little bit in the very beginning of the season, but Kelsey Plum got better. Angel Wilson got better. Chelsea Gray started stepping up. Other players started stepping up. The Aces were starting to look like that balanced team that we know they could be. But right now, they're looking like in shambles because I hate to break it to you, the Aces, even though we know they can be better, 
other teams are coming. I mean, when you look at who they're going up against, the Mercury right now have a really strong big three. You have one of the best defensive players in the game, Brittany Grinder, and you have one of the best backcourts with Diane Taurasi and Deacon Smith. So I think the Aces need to think about a lot if they lose tomorrow, because if they lose, let's say if they win game four and then they lose in game five, that's okay. Because we can say, okay, Mercury was better than but if they lose tomorrow, especially looking at the past two games, there's going to be a lot of trouble for the Aces. And regardless, I think the Aces have a lot of work to do. They need to figure out what their core is because we know that Adrian Wilson is a franchise player, without a doubt, no question. But, I mean, even when you look at players like Kelsey Plum and Lynch Cambage, who are talented, you still don't know where their place is in this team. So I think the Aces really need to make some offseason moves, get some shooters, Get some people that can shoot and play defense. Get some people where Angel Wilson doesn't have so much pressure when she's in the post or she doesn't have pressure, period, when she's performing. Because, because when she performs, she performs extremely well. So the Aces got to figure that out. And we got to talk Bill Lambeer now. I know Bill Lambeer, he's been a very well-respected coach. I mean, what he did with the Shock and the Aces, he is legit. But for the Aces fans, I'm sure they're probably figuring out what is Bill's plan here with the system. Because even though you can't have all defensive players, like I said, these teams are coming. These teams are not only having that offense, they're having that defense as well. And sometimes having all that defense is not going to work. You need you're going to have you're going to have to need more people other than Asia or Liz to score. So that's why I feel like the Aces need to make a lot of changes because it's just no reason for them to be in this position. I feel like the series should be tied a long time ago, and I feel like the Aces should have a little bit of the edge. But, I mean, tomorrow going against the Mercury, we're not really sure. So the Aces, they got to get it together. All right, folks, that was it for L'Oreal's take about the Las Vegas Aces. That is a very, very interesting. I know that, you know, that was your pick to go to the WNBA finals against the Connecticut Suns, I believe. So, um... I mean, if you're nervous, I understand, but uh, I, I know one thing: the Connecticut Sun, they're in trouble too, cause they're cause the the Chicago Sky, yeah, they they got them on the yes. ropes too. Candace Parker them. is coming. She is yeah. coming. I watched that game. Yeah, Connecticut too. is on the roll. I mean, both of these series are amazing, and that's the thing. Tomorrow we're going to have a WNBA playoff doublehead. We're going to have yep. the Sky and the Sun first game, I believe. And then we're going to have the Aces and the Mercury. So, I mean, it can go either way because both Chicago and Mercury, they're leading two and one. So if they win this game, they're going to the finals. They're going to punch that ticket. So hopefully for the Sun and the Aces, you know, not, not just because I made that pick, but just for the sake of themselves, they got to get it together because if they lose these games, it's going to be some trouble for them going to the offseason and just in the future. All right, folks, that's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 42. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and YouTube, folks. Like, comment, subscribe, rate us, folks. Five stars, give us five stars. We're here every week talking about sports, as always. Baseball playoffs are here, baby. You know the deal is. In two weeks, we got the basketball season coming up for the 75th anniversary, baby. You know what the deal is. And NFL's here. And WNBA. So, you know the deal is. L'Oreal, you know what we got to do? You got anything else to say? I mean, you said it. We just got a ton of sports this October, this fall. 
I'm excited. I'm ready. And don't forget, WNBA doubleheader playoffs tomorrow. All right. That's it. Thank you for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 42. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. Peace!